Amen. Well, praise God. I'm glad y'all are all here this morning. I know we still got a lot of people out and around and for Christmas, and we got New Year's coming up. It's kind of odd having it on a Tuesday, but, you know, did everybody have a good Christmas? Everybody blessed? Praise God. Man, if you were with family, and you're blessed. Amen? Well, I want to introduce a couple of people this morning. We have a, some really awesome guests with us here this morning that uh, some of you may know them, and... Uh, but uh, Kirk and Debbie, can y'all come on up? I, uh, this is Kirk and Debbie Freeman from Crossbridge Church in San Antonio. And uh, like I said, some of y'all may know them. We all feel like we have family connections around here with them. But uh, I wanted them, they were just out here for the weekend, and I wanted them to come up and just greet y'all. So y'all just give them a good hand clap. Well, yeah. I, I always tell people, don't clap till I do something, because it may not be worth clapping for, but, um, but just being here. Well, Debbie and I are, are so glad to be here uh, for lots of reasons. Our family's had property out here since 1885, and uh, my, my daddy went to be with Jesus. He used to always preach at the Methodist Church down the road and um, went to be with Jesus out on the ranch working on a fence. And uh, now if you go out the, that Seiko Road, there's a, a cross where he fell, and went to be with Jesus where his body fell, where his body fell. And we put a big cross up there so that everybody would we'd be able to praise Jesus as they go by the certainty of heaven. And one reason I'm here, <clears throat> Debbie and I are here, we just wanted to celebrate and be with you guys. We really consider you a sister church. We started a church 15 years ago in San Antonio. Lex and Jeannie Brown were a big part of that. And, and God's just done great things. But there's only one church, only one church. And... Um, and as we were driving here, I just felt the Lord gave me this picture of this fire going up to heaven from living waters. <clears throat> but it's not the building, as you know. It is the Holy Spirit within you. And so when you leave today, the Lord also gave me a picture of all these individual fires going up to heaven as you all disperse. And that's what I'm hoping is happening at Crossbridge today in San Antonio and that's what I want to exhort you to do. You know, it is so good to be part of the fellowship of the believers and to be welcomed and to feel loved. But we are in a battle. We're in a mission right now. We have a purpose right now. And we have everything we need, Peter told us, everything we need to walk in godliness. The one who's great in you is greater than the one who's in the world. And so I, I told the pastor, I'm not going to preach, which I, I think I just did, but I'm <laughs> But I am going to pray for you. So I want you to just hold your hands out like you're going to get something because every good and perfect gift comes from the Father. And Lord, I just thank you uh, for this, this, part, this, this church that I'm a part of, that Debbie and I are a part of, and that all of Crossbridge is a part of, God. I just thank you for the, the unity we have, Lord. And I, I just pray an increase of the anointing of joy, that your joy would be the strength of Living Waters Church, God, that they would not seek to do godly things in their flesh and in their own strength, but they would rely upon you, and that theirs would be a legacy of rest, and power, and that's only possible when we lean on you and we give you room in our lives. So, Lord, I pray that they would walk with the smile of Jesus over their lives. How you delight in them. How you delight in them, Father God. They're your kids. You love their heart. You love the way they would love to go after you. And, I, Father, I pray that they would be lights here and that all the valley and every place they put their, step, their foot, Lord, would become the kingdom of God. We ask for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 
Now, I want to do one more thing. Every person in here that you've been through Freedom Prayer, you've been blessed by Freedom Prayer, would you just stand up? I'm standing up. All of these people, Kirk, from all your sowing of your people, all these people, this is just a small handful of people that have been through Freedom Prayer, been blessed by it. We want to just say thank you so much for sending your people out here, helping us and, and educating ours and, and teaching ours that what a blessing, man. Lives have been changed. And so God bless you guys for that. Thank you all. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Praise God. Thank you all for being a giving church and not holding your people back and blessing us. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Praise God. I was glad that went that way. Anyway. Well, praise God. Get your Bibles out this morning, church. And uh, I am going to go ahead this morning, and even though this is the 30th of December, and next week is actually going to be the first week, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to launch off this morning on uh, a message for, the, for this year. And because uh, I figure there's people gone, and then they'll all be back, and then it'll take y'all two or three Sundays for to get the whole church here. And so uh, I'm just going to keep preaching the same thing over and over again until we all get it. But everybody say the plan. plan. I hear a few nights ago, well, it's a few weeks ago now, uh, the Holy Spirit woke me up and uh, I was having a dream and he woke me up and he sort of explained the dream to me. He told me what to do for 2019. I know that I feel very confident I heard the Holy Spirit. You got to trust me that I heard the Holy Spirit, but I feel very confident that I heard the Holy Spirit. And I, I know that every time that I've had an encounter like this and that he has directly spoken to me and showed me and laid a plan out for me that if I will just follow it, I will see blessing. I will see success. Uh, you know, he, he, I told y'all that, you know, years ago that uh, sitting in a, the, the HEB parking lot, my wife was doing the shopping and I was doing the typical man thing, sitting out in the truck waiting and uh, 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 sitting there just watching cars go by and the Holy Spirit, I was praying, I was talking to the Lord and saying, you know, hey, you know, Lord, we, we got to do something because this church, as a church, we had we'd been prospering, but uh, we're every at the end of every week, you know, we were needing the next month's the next week's offering to you know make everything go, and it was a real tight budget. And I just kept saying, Lord, this isn't how you called us to live. This isn't what you called us to do. I want to do kingdom things. I want, we want to go out. We've got things in my heart that you placed in my heart. We want to be a blessing, but we got to grow. We got to grow somehow. Show me what to do. And and just that quick, the Holy Spirit just came down in the truck. I'm telling you, I didn't see smoke, I didn't see fire, but I knew he was sitting in there with me. And he instructed me, told me what I was doing that was wrong. He told me the error that we were making as a church. And I was only doing it because that's what they had done before me. I was just following along. See, sometimes you can be in error with the Lord, and you're just doing it because that's the way you were taught. Right? Goes back to the old story about the turkey, you know? I've told that one so many times, y'all all ought to know that one by heart, number 23 or 24. But, you know, grandma kept cutting the turkey up, you know, and and the, the daughter said, the granddaughter asked the mother, why did you cut the turkey up for Thanksgiving? Why do you cut the turkey in half? And she said, I don't know. My mother did. Let's call her. So they called her and said, well, my oven was too small. That's why they cut the turkey in half. The oven was too small. It didn't have anything to do with the way the turkey tasted for Thanksgiving. It was the oven. And so sometimes we're doing things that aren't right. But we're doing it because that's just what we know. That's what we were taught or whatever. And so forever we had taken this church, we had taken our our Sunday morning offering, whatever it was, we tithed off of it and we put the 10% in an outreach account. Then that outreach account is what we used to do foreign missions with. And we did that forever. This is what everybody does. And the Lord said to me, he said, you're not really tithing. I said, what do you mean I'm not tithing? 
We take 10%, we put it over in the other account. He said, yeah, but you're still in control of the money. I said, uh, what do you want me to do? He said, I want you to take the 10%. You give the 10% away. I said, but if you give the 10% away, then we don't have any money in the outreach account to do missions. And I'm trying to get more money to do missions, and you're telling me to give it away. And he said, I'm telling you, it's what you do. So I called the board together and said, look, I'm telling you, the Lord, I believe with all my heart, told me this, and this is what he said. What do you all want to do about it? Because, see, I thought I'd put it off on them. They'd say, no, you're crazy. And I'd say, yeah, you're right. And they said, well, I believe you heard God. Let's do it. And we did it. And since that day took place, the church has prospered and gone up, 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 up. You know, ended up building $400,000 building in Guatemala for the orphanage. We've just been doing more and more and more and more stuff. And just getting bigger and getting bigger and blessing, 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 blessing. All because we're obedient to God. Now, I'm going to tell you something this morning according to the plan. And I believe as much in what I'm going to tell you this morning as what I've told you the past story and the results of it. Okay. He woke me up and he spoke to me, he told me to do something, and I said to him, that's too simple. That was my word back to the Holy Spirit. I said, Lord, that's too simple. And he said, just tell the people to do it. If they do it, I'll bless them. And I said, but it's too simple. I mean, I feel silly standing up here this morning and telling you this plan because you're going to say, because y'all are all thinking, oh, something it's amazing, you know, we would go up onto the top of the hill and be there at five o'clock with a candle and worship and sing in tongues for 30 minutes. Then the Spirit of the Lord will come down. You know, you're, you're thinking this. And I'm going to tell you something that's so simple that you're going to say, really? Because I was thinking about, because I, 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 I've already shared this with, with the, uh, the pastoral team and some others, and, and I was like laughing because, I, I, and I shared this actually last Wednesday, I said, if I can see myself, this, this just ignites the church, the fire that, that uh, Pastor Kirk just saw comes down on every one of y'all. Y'all's lives are changing. They come in here, they do a big interview. You know, uh, uh, TBN comes out, wants to sit down, and they want to say, Pastor, what was the secret of your success? How did you, how did you take this church? And how did you come into this? And I'm going to say, well, uh, we read a chapter in the Bible. They're going to say, what? I mean, you didn't, you didn't pray in tongues for four hours and, you know, call down the fire from it. No, I didn't. I just did what the Holy Ghost told me. Okay, so this is it. I'm going to give you the plan right now so y'all can just get over it. Okay, the first year, if y'all remember two years ago, I gave you uh, uh, confession cards, and every month we passed around a confession card. Then last year we did uh, scripture cards every year. And so this is going to be different. This is what we're going to do as a church, as a church family, Okay. We're going to, I'm going to give you one chapter in the Bible, one chapter. I've already picked them out. I've already lined them out. I've already got the first three months lined out. I'm going to tell you what chapter it is. As a church, we're going to all be reading the same chapter. But we're going to read it as a family. Okay? So this is going to be up to you to, to adjust it to your, 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 your schedules, your, your, your family units. Okay? You're going to read the chapter together. So let's just say, you know, just seeing Bill and Linnell back there, it's going to be Bill and Linnell, read that one morning, drinking a cup of coffee. This morning I told Laura, I said, let's sit down and let's do this and let's do our deal this morning and I want to time it. And by the time we went through and I did everything, it took me 15 minutes. Do we have 15 minutes for Jesus? If you are a family of 
you know, four, you've got your kids, it may take you a little longer if they have something to say, but between the two of us, it took us 15 minutes. Now, if you say, well, pastor, how does this apply to me? Because I'm only a single. Well, you're going to need to read that chapter. You're going to need to talk to somebody about that chapter, whether it's your, 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 your relative, your friend, your whatever. You're going to need to, you're going to, need to discuss with them about that chapter. And you're going to ask yourself these three questions. What does it say? Okay, what does it say? And you're going to say, well, okay, when I was reading this thing, what is it saying? Well, this is announcing the birth of Jesus and da-da-da-da. Okay, then what do we see in it? What's it saying to you personally? How's it applying to you? What's your application of it? And then the third thing you're going to ask yourself is then, well, then with this new inspiration the Holy Spirit has given me by what I see in here, how can I use this to serve others? So what does it say? What, is it, what do you see? And how can I serve? That's the three questions you're going to ask yourself as you read this chapter. All right? Pretty simple, huh? Now, let me give you the scripture. Go to Isaiah 62.10. I'll show you what the Holy Spirit spoke to me. Isaiah 62.10. And this is called the plan. Now, as you read your chapter, what I'm expecting y'all to do is I'm expecting y'all to be talking to your, your fellow brothers in Christ when you see one of them say, hey, hey, wait, how'd you, how was it? What did you see in the plan this morning? What's going on in the plan? What did you see in the plan? How's that working for you? What did you see? This is what I saw. All right? But it says here in Isaiah 62, then is the scripture he gave me. It says, go through, go through the gates. Prepare the way for the people. Build up, build up the highway. Take out the stones and lift up a banner for the people. He told me that if you would open up the gates of your heart, and honor the Word of God. If you would honor the Word of God, you would take time to shut off the television, shut off the iPhones, to shut off all the electronics, to sit down as a family unit, restore the family value to the home, restore that, that place, sit down and honor the Word of God, and open up the gates that then He would flood in. He would flood into your lives. He would illuminate things in your life. I'm going to show you so much more. I've got a whole bunch more preaching here to explain all this, but I'm trying to get through this part of it. That if you would just do this, simple. I said, it's too simple, Lord. It's too simple. They're going to pass it off. He says, not when I'm through with them. Okay? It says, prepare the way for the people. I'm preparing the way for you. I got, I, I got the plan he gave me. We're going to read the chapter. That's the plan. That's the preparing the way for the people. We got a plan. This is what we're going to do to seek God. Build up. Listen to me. In building up, we're going to make disciples. Now, what's interesting about having Pastor Kirk in here with us this morning is I was at his church for a couple of weeks. Uh, in the past couple of months, he has been doing a big deal on discipleship. He's doing a lot of discipleship training down there, and he had some, a man from South Africa, and I think I shared some things with you, and we talked about that. But this is all a part of it stirred up inside of me because what God spoke to me about us specifically as Living Waters Church is we got to restore the family unit first. We got to start right here. We got to build ourselves and the people that we're with. We're, 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 we're country people and we're different. And we're, but, but the family unit has been lost. And honoring the word of God as it is the living word of God has been gone. It's gone. And we got to restore it. We do. We've got to start to tell people, wait a minute, 
This is the living. This is not a Bible. This is the living word of God. We've got to have conviction within our own heart that when you open it up, that God Almighty will speak to us through his living word. Now, when I grew up, you know, God bless my parents. They taught me a lot of great moral things. And it's no, no whack on them. I'm not trying to do that. But they weren't. We, we had a family Bible. We had one of them big ones, you know, them old big family Bibles. But we never as a family sat down and opened up the Bible and went over the Bible. Because, listen to me, everybody was too, well, you know, my relationship with God is personal. And, and they, they kept all these things inside of them. But, folks, we cannot do that anymore. We've got to get to where we're, we're. I remember when I first got saved, you know, I'll, I'll tell this story. You know, I first got saved and, and, and I was on fire and, I, and for living for, you know, want to live for God, didn't know how to live for God, but want to live for God, stuck out in the middle of a ranch, you know, out 20 miles from town and living out on this ranch. And, and my son was born and he was born and he had a hernia. And the doctor told us at the time that he had to have an operation immediately. And I said, well, hold on now. I said, uh, I mean, this is my son. This is the heir to the kingdom. I didn't know I was going to go broke and lose everything. But at that time, I was the heir to the kingdom, you know. And, uh, I, I, and so I said, what do you mean you're going to have to have an operation? Well, if we do an operation, we, you know, we need to do it. And I said, well, what's, what's, is there any chance of him dying? And they said, well, with a baby, there's always a chance. There's always a chance. And I said, well, what's my odds? He said, well, 60-40. I said, 60-40 which way? He said, no, there's, always a, there's about a 40% chance that something could go wrong. I said, 40%? I said, man, those aren't good odds. I don't like You're telling me I have a 40% chance my son could die. The doctor said, yes, but if we don't do the surgery immediately, then it's going to turn the other way. It's going to be 60-40 that he'll, you'll lose him. So I said, well, I can't make that decision. i got to go home and pray. I didn't know how to pray. I didn't even know God, really. I didn't know anything about Jesus. didn't know anything about healing, doing anything. But my, God bless my parents, my, my, my parent-in-laws. They had sent me this book. Why in the world would you send a guy who's a brand-new Christian the mini-book by Kenneth Hagin on how to lay hands on the sick and they will recover? That is the wrong book to send a baby Christian. But that's what they sent me. They're directed by the Holy Ghost. They were inspired by the Holy Ghost, I guess, because this point came up. Nobody knew what was going on. I went in there that night because I was embarrassed to pray in front of my wife. I just, we didn't do that. I wasn't raised like that. Didn't want to pray in front of my wife. I went in there, I got that little old book out, and I started reading through it. How to lay hands on sick. I did it just, okay, he says, you know, Jesus laid hands on sick. They laid hands on sick. Okay, hands, got a hand, got to lay hands, go lay hands on sick. So I snuck into his crib which is in the, the, the room with us, you know. And I snuck over to the crib, look, make sure she looked like she was asleep because I don't want to hear me praying. I didn't know how to pray, but I just read the book. So I got the book, and I said, okay, lay hands on the sick. And, you know, and I just laid my hands on my son. I said, you know, some prayer. It got, it's bound to have been short, and it wasn't too pretty. And I prayed. And so then I put the little book up, and I go back in bed. And then the next day I get up early, I go to work, I come back from work, my wife's standing there, and she says, look, she rips his diaper off. I said, what? It's gone. I said, what? It's gone. You know, all the faith I had. And so we take him back to the doctor, going to the doctor, doctor examines him, he says, it's gone. I said, no, wait a minute. 
This is how stupid I was. Went to this poor doctor. I said, oh, wait a minute. What kind of a... Sorry, doctor, are you? Tell me my kid's got a hernia, now he doesn't, you know? Said you're going to do an operation. He might die, now he doesn't. What's the matter with you? You don't know anything. And the, guy, the doctor's like, I don't understand. I, it was there, and it's not. And he calls another doctor in. They examine me. said, but in my heart, I knew Jesus healed Joseph. But I was scared to pray. Folks, we've got to break those kind of things in our lives. We as family units have to be family units where we're not scared to pray, even if, it's, even if you use the wrong words or you say something that sounds silly, because we're not, this is not about some kind of a competition or being Mr. and Mrs. Eloquence. This is about having a relationship with the living God. This is about getting conviction on the inside of our heart that it doesn't make any difference if, if we don't know what, what the book of the Bible is or not or where we can find it, that we sit down and that we honor God and say, we want to hear you because we want you, Lord God, to, to build us up. Hello? That's the second thing, is, is there, or the third thing that we're going to build us up. And this is build up the highway. Now, listen, this is the vision he gave me that I didn't even think about. Through the waterhole broadcast, through the, the phone app, we're going around the world with the, with the gospel. We're going around the world with this message this morning. That means there'll be people that will listen to the broadcast that will be sitting in countries all over the world that will be watching this. They'll be doing the same thing. They're going to be reading the same chapters we're reading. They're going to be going through the same thing as we're going through. So not only are we having an effect here in our congregation, but we're having an effect around the world. Now, never more than ever have I needed my 120 prayer warriors praying for the Waterhole broadcast to go out and reach people because I'm telling you, we can affect nations. That's how inspired I am. We can affect a nation by what the Holy Spirit showed me in all of this, okay? He says, take out the stones. In other words, make it simple. Don't make it complicated. God wants to visit with us. He wants to talk to us. He wants to teach us. He wants to explain things to us. But if we make it too complicated, we're not going to do it. If we make it simple, we can do it. Then he says, lift up the banner. That's the last thing that I was talking to you all about because you're going to have to be the banner wavers. You're going to have to be the ones that when you call and talk to your friend, oh, by the way, did you read the plan? Did you get the plan this week? What, what did the plan say to you this week? How's it going to you? You got to be the banner wavers. You got to be the one that's waving the banner and say, hey, this works. This is what God's doing. Amen. Now, you know, through the phone app, through the website, through all this stuff, we're going to reach the world. But then also what we're doing is now this is complicated and I need prayer here. It, it sounds so simple, but and it probably is. But it's as complicated to me. I'm doing a two minute video. Uh that, a video, two-minute video, every week that goes along with the chapters being read. And then we're posting it up on the website and the app so that you can follow me along. Now, you want to just got to understand something. First, I'm, first I'm doing this. Yeah, uh, yeah oh, uh, hey, hey, there you are. Oh, yeah, you know, and so it's like everywhere. So if I had to kind of learn how to work my phone and do a video. <laughs> but I don't want to do a video like I've got all my Sunday goods on and I'm standing there doing this video. I want to do a video wherever I'm at because I want you to understand the Word of God is living, it's powerful, and it's wherever you are. That's where you have to apply it. So if I'm, you know, if I'm welding or I'm, I'm, I'm at the church or wherever I'm at, I'm going to shoot a video. So you're just going to see me in all kinds of, you know, whatever, in the middle of my truck or whatever I'm doing. You know, I'm just going to shoot this little video and, uh, and, and do it so that I can encourage you every week. All right? So... Here's, here's the rest of the message. Go to Isaiah 66, 1. Does this sound simple? Now, I've got to say this. I've always said that we are a water hole for the world, right? We're not a corral. 
I'm not going to corral you up. I'm not going to beat you with a whip. I'm not going to shame you. That's the Holy Ghost's job to get you to, to listen. Okay? I'm the preacher. But we are a water hole here. If you, don't, if you don't want to read your chapter every week and you don't want to participate, you're still welcome to come to Living Waters Church. You're still welcome to come to the water hole and drink freely from the waters and the Spirit of God. Amen? So look at the person out there beside you and say, you're going to be able to do it, though. But Isaiah 66, 1, we'll see, we'll see what you think here in a minute after I get through these scriptures. Isaiah 66, 1 says, Thus saith the Lord, Heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. Where is the house that you will build me? And where is the place of my rest? For all those things my house is made, and all those things exist, says the Lord. But on this one I will look. Huh? This one I will look? God says, this one I will look. Yeah, the whole world's going on. He's looking over. There's a whole lot of stuff. There's ants crawling all over the place, right? But on this one I will look. He who is poor, of him who is poor and of a contrite spirit and who trembles at my word. We have got to get on the inside of us a conviction. We have got to tear down the lie that the Bible's just a Bible, that the Bible's just a book. That the Bible's just ink on paper. Yeah, we say, oh yeah, well, that's what God's word said. But folks, wait a minute. If this is God's word, if this is God's word, and you believe that it's God's word, well, then why are we letting it sit around? Why are we just taking it here and there, hit and miss? Why are we just saying, oh yeah, well, the Bible says, well, preachers do that kind of stuff. No, no, no. This is the living word for you. It's like, it's like answering your cell phone. God's calling, and you answer and say, yes, Lord. And he speaks to you. We don't have enough conviction about the word. That's the bottom line. All of us. I'm talking Christians across the world. We do not have enough conviction about the word of God. Because let me tell you what. People spend a lot of time trying to figure out how to compromise the word. They figure out how a lot of times how to get around the word. But it seems like I remember people doing that in Jesus' day, too. That the Pharisees and the Sadducees tried to work everything around the Word of God. But isn't it amazing that the Word of God's standing here, and it's still standing, and it's still standing, and it's still standing, and it's still saying, here I am, here I am. Do you want to take me and read me? Do you want to believe it's true? Listen, I've been challenged over, the, over all these years of pastoring. I've been challenged before by people who want to you know, say the Bible's not right or this or that or the other. And you know what? I always have an answer for every one of them. I believe it's true. Go do with it what you want to. Don't stand here and try to argue me out of it. I'm stuck. I'm set. I'm grounded. I'm not going to move. The Word of God's the living Word. End of story. That's it for me. You can stand around, think I'm a fool. You can point fingers at me. You can throw cabbage at me. Throw lettuce at me. Throw tomatoes at me. Throw whatever you want to at me. Rocks at me. Oh, it don't make no difference. I'm standing here saying, this is what I believe. This is what I raised my family on. This is what I, I, I put my, my, my stock in. This is what I've put my whole life into. This is what I believe that the Word of God is true, and I'm going to stand on it in the end of story. You want to argue? Go somewhere else and do it. I'm not somebody that's going to change, okay? You've got to have a conviction. Okay, now let's talk about conviction for a minute. <sighs> Most of us, all of us in here, I pray, you have a conviction about stealing. If you were to, you know, if you were to uh, have an opportunity to steal, something on the inside of you would say that's not right, Okay? It's not right. Where'd that come from? Well, my, 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 my parents taught me that. No, 
They may have shared that with you. They may have taught you that. They may have said this is the way to do it. But you had to get a conviction on the inside of you that what they said was right, that stealing wasn't right. Because there's people in the world who say, well, wait a minute, man. If he left it there, it's his fault for being an idiot, and I just took it. I mean, gone are the days you can drive to San Antonio and leave your car open. Nowadays, you can lock it down and put a Doberman pincher in there, and you still don't know if it's going to be safe. Hello? The days when we used to just, you leave your house open, leave whatever on, because nobody was going to go in there and steal because people had that in them. But nowadays, that's not the case. Because the person stealing has no conviction about it. You people have a conviction about stealing. You wouldn't do that. That conviction and you not stealing is your faith in operation. You by faith believe it's wrong to do it, so thereby, for by faith, you don't do it. It's the same conviction about the Word of God. When you get the conviction on the inside of you that you, you, you didn't read it, that you're convicted, oh my gosh, you think you did something wrong. That's the conviction we need. What drives us and pushes us on, and it can only come through faith in your own heart. Now, the word conviction has really, 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 really over the, over, over the years and, and history been misconstrued. Because I want to show you what conviction means this morning. Go to the Gospel of John chapter 3, verse 19. John 3, 19. And this is a condemnation that the light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light and that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. The word conviction truly means it truly means to bring to light, to expose, to call to account, to show one his faults. Now, see, we tie the word conviction with feeling bad. We say, oh, you, know, you don't want to be convicted because it makes you feel bad. I'm convicted. I feel bad. So we tie it into a negative connotation to the word. But the truth of the matter is to be convicted means to have Light come and to be exposed. Now, I don't know about y'all, but one thing, you know, I get irritated over some of the stupidest things. But one of the things I get irritated over is I don't like trying to fumble around in the dark. Like if I get up and I don't want to turn the light on in the bedroom because my wife would still be asleep or something like that, and I'm trying to fumble around in the dark, I hate it. I get irritated. I just want to like kick stuff. I have to watch myself, and now I've learned to get my cell phone out, turn my phone on, but if I'm trying to find my shirt or I'm trying to find something, and I'm going around the I don't like to operate in the dark. Have you ever noticed the well always goes out after dark? The water won't run in the house because it's after dark. It waits till after dark. It somehow knows. You can't go up there, and you're messing around with electricity, trying to see if the points are working and whatever, and you're, you're, you're like, you know you're going to get shocked and die right there, and, and so... You know, but it's after dark. I don't like fumbling around the dark. Well, I don't want to fumble around the dark in my life either. In today's world, I mean, come on. At the first of the year, stock market was the greatest thing on the face of the earth, blowing and going bigger than ever. Now they're telling us, you know, the headlines read, retirement, uh, retirement folks are worried about their future. 
Stock market tanking. Worse it's ever been. Blah, blah, blah. There's no good news out there. There's nothing good. If it isn't the Yellowstone volcano going to erupt and kill all of us, or, or you know, the stock market's going to crash, or you know, the, the Russians are attacking, or the North Koreans have still got a bomb, or something. There's something going on all the time, all the time, all the time to keep you worried. Well, I want to know the truth. I wanted to see the light of God in my pathway and just walk in that peace. Folks, how many of y'all just want peace? I just want to be happy and walk in peace. I'm tired of trying to make decisions off of I'm smarter than the other person. Hello? I just want the light of the gospel to be shining in my life and seeing the path so I can walk in the path. I can't, I'm not smart enough to figure it all out. Because just about the time you think you're smart enough to get it and you got it all figured out, then something changes. But conviction's a good word. Conviction means to bring to light, to expose, to call to account. To, it, it's, it's, it's illuminating it, saying, yeah, quit doing that and you'll see results. Go to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 12. But it is shameful. Did I tell you where? Ephesians 5, 12. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed, that's that word conviction, are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Again, that word is exposed, it's to bring to light. What the Holy Spirit's showing me is as you sit down and you honor the Word of God and have a conviction about the Word of God and this simplistic thing of reading one chapter as a family, as you stop and you pray a prayer like this, Father, today I just ask you, as we honor the Word of God, as we believe you that you show the, uh, the Holy Spirit shows us and brings the light down to everything we need to know. Simple prayer like that. All of a sudden, you're going to start reading through that thing. My wife and I, we chose to like, I read part, she reads part. We read it out loud. We say it out loud. All right? It's, you know, I'm just telling you, don't sit around and do everything secret in your head. And as you read it, and as I'm reading the Word of God, and it's coming out of my mouth, and we're going through I'm believing for the light of the Holy Ghost to show us. She showed me something when we are going through this this morning that sparked up to me that I'm going to be preaching. She said, you know, I see this. And she said, and I was like, ooh, that's good. Ooh, write it down my notes. I'm going to preach that next week. Illumination, light coming in. Are you following me? I don't know about y'all, but I pray that that's what your hearts are hungry for, to know why, why struggle and fight and wrestle with this world and wrestle with the, you know, oh gosh, what do I do? Do I invest my money here or do this or do I do that job or go do this or do this or do that? Why not just ask the Holy Ghost to give you illumination? to expose and bring to light. And he said he would. If you would open up the gates, he'll flood in there. Wow. That's good. Okay. Now, let me show you another scripture. Revelation 3.19. Oh, we got the book of Revelation. Don't get scared. Now, I really want to tear down some misconceptions here. Revelation 3.19. He says, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. So that scripture has been preached. It depends on how, how do you say it? You can say it. You can say it like this. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Or you can say it. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Sinners burn in the hands of an angry God. 
And if you sat under preaching like that, if you were raised in something like that, or if you had an abusive household and an abusive father, when you read the words, you don't see I love. You see rebuke and beat. You see cuss out, scream at, degrade, and beat with a rod, a wet rope with a knot in it. Do you hear what I'm saying? And if you were raised under preaching like that, that's what your conception is. You're in there, man. It's like you don't want to talk to God. He might be in a bad mood that day. You don't want anything exposed because then you will get yelled at, screamed at, cussed at, and beaten. And if you sat under preaching like that, you got to get that broken today. Because that's not what the scripture says. Let me show you what it says. The very first thing you need to see in like big, bold, giant letters is I love. God loves you, church. It grieves him if you're worried about something and not seeking him for the advice or he's or you're asking for the, his advice, but he's not getting through to you because there's no way to communicate to you. You're not in the word. It grieves him. He loves you. God loves you. Everybody say, God loves me. Look at the person beside you and say, God really does love you. Listen to me. My beautiful kids. I love my kids. My kids are great kids. But they didn't always do everything right. They didn't. One time my, my children got in a fight in the house. And my daughter was pestering my son. I hope she's listening to this. She does have to edit this. Son, so she's pestering my son. He charges through the house, mad at her. She slams and locks the door. He hits the door and knocks the door completely off the hinges, tears the door completely off. At that moment, that wasn't like a high water mark. I didn't say, way to go, Joe. You tore a door down. Glory. I love them, though. I didn't quit loving them. I didn't get to the point to where... I, I, I did not love them. I love my children. That's humanly loving. God says his love is so much greater. You cannot mess up enough that God will quit loving you. Hear what I'm saying? You cannot mess up enough that God can quit loving you. But I'm telling you, God is calling us to a place and he's saying, look, I love you. And I want to talk to you. Would you listen to me? Look in my word. I want to talk to you. I love you. When I fell in love with my wife, she didn't stand a chance. I chased her. I chased her down. She just couldn't, nothing she could do. Every time she turned around, I was there in her face. Every time the phone rang, it was me. I chased her down and I got her. And that's my human love. But we're talking about God's love. All right? He says, in whom I love, I rebuke. Okay. The word rebuke is the same word that's used elsewhere in the Greek for conviction. It's the same word that means to expose. He says, and whom I love, I'm going to expose. I'm going to bring to light the things in your life. So you're not going to get hurt. So you're not going to make a mistake. I'm going to expose it to you. Say, no, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't say it that way. He's trying to help your marriages out. Don't, no, 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 don't do it that way. He's trying to talk to you. I'm going to expose the light. This is something, don't do that. You need love and compassion here. You need mercy here. No, 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 don't, 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 don't do that. Here, no, 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 
change. It's not rebuke like, ah. it's rebuke like, no, no, let me expose this to you. Show. Don't do that. That doesn't work. He says, in whom those he loves, he rebukes, means exposes or convicts, and chastens. You know what the word chastens mean? It does have a meaning. It can mean to, to, for the uh, spanking or, 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 or using a rod or that kind of correction. It can mean that. But in this text, what it means is, right here, is it means literally to train up. That's one of the words, the Greek words of, of that word chasten, to train a child, to cause to learn, uh, molding the character of others. That's what it means to chasten, molding the character of others. It's not, it's not ugly. It's not harsh. It's not the angry old God sitting in a, in a rocking chair going back and forth saying, man, I'm so glad you came to heaven. want to knock you upside the head. You lunk-headed idiot. You can't get it. Un- you don't understand. I about had it with you. How many times are you going to mess up? That's not God at all. It's God's love saying, oh, come here. Let me shine my light on it so you can see what you're doing wrong and let me help you and mold you so that you can walk in victory. Not so that you can be molded. Listen to me. Because I just like heard this little whisper in my ear just then. Not so I can mold you so you can be a, you know, a, 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 a perfect, you know. God, didn't want to, God uses all of our uniqueness, right? He's not trying to mold you into one character. Yes, he's trying to mold you to be like Jesus, but it's in Jesus in all of us. I am who I am. This is me, and this is how I can flow. You know, you, you go buy me an Armani suit, man, I'm still going to be me inside that thing. It, ain't gonna, it is not going to work. I'm going to be very, very uncomfortable. I'm not going to be able to flow. Are you with me? God wants you to be you, who he created you to be. He loves you and he wants to expose light to you. And then he wants to take that and he wants to help mold you into being the best you you can be. And he wants to do it through his word. He says right here, I'll speak to you. I'll talk to you. As you sit down and you read as a family unit and you honor him and have conviction about the word, he will burst off the page into your heart and he will begin to expose and bring light in all areas of your life. Begin to talk to you. Now, let's read the the last part of that. He says, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. I'm back in Revelation 3.19. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Our job is, our job, our job is to repent. Repentance, again, is a good word, not a bad word. But see, a lot of us, you know, I know it doesn't happen to y'all. I know I'm preaching to somebody else out there in the broadcast somewhere in the world probably in a country that nobody has ever known in the back of the jungle, couldn't be y'all, that you might have something exposed that you don't want to change. See, I know it's somebody else. It couldn't be us. But you see, that's what happens to us. What happens to us is we have to come to the place where we want what God wants for us, not we want to be who we want to be. That's where the, it gets kind of sticky. Because what happens to us is, see, Again, in your mind, you get this religious connotation to what it's supposed to be and how it's supposed to look, and that may not even be God. That may be a man-formed opinion in your mind that is really not even the truth. 
I was with some preachers years ago when I was going through Bible college, and uh, they were telling this story. They were telling this story. Now, y'all are going to laugh at this one. They're telling this story about they had a man on the board of directors of the Bible college that they had to ask to step off. Now, I was on the board at that time. And so they're telling the story. Yeah, this guy was crazy. He said one day he went out there to his car, and he lifted up the trunk of his car, and he was showing us he had, he had an AR-15 in the car. But yeah, that guy's bad. And I thought to myself, oh, man, don't ever come to my house. <laughs> Never look in the back seat of my truck. But to them, that was a horrible thing. <gasps> he couldn't be a man of God because he had an assault rifle on the back of his trunk. And I asked him a question. Was he planning to kill somebody? He said, no, he just had it. He goes out shooting all the time. I, said, oh. <laughs> I started to say, what's his number? <laughs> Sounds like my kind of guy. But to them, that was, that was like, oh. <gasps> And to us, we would think there was something wrong with you if you didn't have something in your vehicle. It was at least sharp. <laughs> it's like I had to, re to retrain my mind because they always say, do you have any weapons on you? I never think of my pocket knife as a weapon. I've had a pocket knife on me since I was born. I came out of the womb. They wiped me off, stuck a pair of boots on me, and put a pocket knife in my diaper. I mean, I thought that's ever, I thought that happened at every, you know, baby birthing. I didn't know it was something different. So my point is, is that you've got to get out of the misconceptions. God may want to expose something in your mind that you're thinking, well, I can't do this or I can't do it because, you know, I'm not eloquent in speech. And yeah, even, even Moses come up with that excuse, God gave him Aaron. Hello? We've got to come to the place in life where we're saying, Lord, I want to be, if you want to rebuke me and chasten me, bless God, do it because I know it's all in love and it's all going to be good. You're going to expose to me and break off the chains in my mind, break off the wrong thinking in my mind. You're going to show me the truth and I'll take anything you got because I love you and I trust you and I have a conviction that what you say in your word is right. And the Holy Ghost says when you do that, the moment you do that, He's going to come flooding into your life. He's going to come speaking to you. He's going to set up camp and say, well, this is, a place I can, this is a place I can live right here. I can dwell right here. I can sit in here. Now, see, we've got to do this with our kids, our grandkids. We've got to get all this. We've got to get this done. We've got to get this plan going in, in, in Darius' house because I want to see everybody blessed. And I, I, I can't wait. I just can't, I, I'm just like, Lord, I, this is so simple. This is so simple. What did you do? Well, we just read the Bible. But it's not just reading the Bible. It's where's your heart in all this? Where is your heart in all of this? I realize that, that church life, especially around here, you know, we've changed from a lot of you, you came from different denominations. And, and, you know, and I'm pretty laxed. I'm pretty laxed. I don't have a lot of formalities. And I don't know that we need formalities but I do know we need conviction. Hello? That we approach the Word of God in a, in a heartfelt, holy manner. You know, that we, we, wanna, we, want, we want compelled from the faith and the love within our own heart. We know that this is truth and God's going to speak to us and He's going to use it. It's not like, oh yeah, we're gonna, well, I already read that chapter. I read that chapter once. No. 
It's we're going through it. It's, it's, not about, it's not about finishing the Bible in a year, nothing like this. It's about honoring God when you're reading the word. It's about taking it to another level in your life that you maybe have not ever walked in. It's about praying through the conviction of your heart and saying, Holy Spirit, speak to me. And you're believing him that he's going to speak to you. And you have a heart that is going to repent and say, Lord, apply it. So I got a bunch more here, but I can't go on. I'm going to get too long. Um, You're going to have to figure this out for yourself how you're going to do it, when you're going to do it, all right? You're going to have to, like, the mornings are the best for me, but that may not be the best for you. Maybe the evenings are the best for you. I, I, I don't know. You're going to have to figure out with your family. I don't believe there's any rules or regulations to this. I'm not throwing any rules. You know what I'm, saying? I'm just telling you, I don't care if you read your chapter and you read all of it at one time, and then the rest of the week you didn't read? I, I'm not even saying anything about that. That's, that's up to you, how you do it. I'm just saying you need to do it at least once. If you want to break the chapter down and you read the chapter every, a few verses every day of the week till you're through, because I'm going to give you a new chapter every Sunday morning. Like, I'm not going to give you one now because I know you people. Some of you all already start. And we're not starting until next week. This is pre, this is, you get the pre-message, Okay. So we start January the 6th, which will be the first Sunday. I'm going to give you the, script, the chapter for that, that week. And then, I, then every week after that, there's going to be another chapter. They're going to be, I'm going to have the chapters printed out. There's going to be printed material. We're going to have them on the screen. They're going to be on the app. They're going to be on the website. I'm making it simple so that you cannot say, oh, I didn't know what, it, what is it this month, this week. I didn't get it. No. If you didn't get it, you didn't, weren't looking for it. Okay. Or you can call somebody else up and say, hey, what's the chapter of the plan this week? Because it's set. I got three months set. See, I got all into this because I'm the kind of person that when the Holy Spirit told me this, I was like, oh, man. So which chapters? And so I called Lex. I said, Lex, you know, you want to help me with this? Because I got to have 52 chapters. And then I found out I had to have more because there's a fifth Sunday. So I ended up with like 54. I'm going to have 54 chapters. And so I've got some picked out. You pick out some, and then we'll, we'll get together, and we'll match them, see how it fits. And then I got to doing it. And so I thought I was through. I thought I had them all done. I was like, hey, man, this is awesome. I've got the 54 chapters. But then I figured out I counted wrong. And when I left and set them all up, and I had like 68, and then I couldn't take any out. I was like, well, I can't, not that, not that chapter. Oh, God, no. And so I was just... I spent three days of torment over this, and finally the Holy Spirit said, shut up and just get the chapter. It doesn't make any difference. <laughs> and I said, well, it does. <laughs> and he's like, no, I'll speak to them through any chapter, and you're not going to get all the chapters in the Bible. Just get 54 of them and get them out there. I'm like, well, okay. I was wanting to arrange it all up in this great big, you know, Deal, you started in the Genesis and worked your way over here. And he says, no, I will speak to them in any chapter if they will honor me. So, but I'm not going to give it to you because if I give it to you now, then you'll cheat. <laughs> so each week there's going to be a new chapter. Like I said, you can take and you can break the chapter down. You can do a little bit of it. 
five days, six days. You can do whatever you want to. You could do it all at one moment. You could do it in the evening with your family. Around, listen, you can, eat the, you can eat supper and read the Bible. I mean, you say, well, that's not right. Well, I mean, I don't care how you want to do it. I'm just telling you, work it out. However it fits for you, yeah, get her done. However it fits for you and your family, doing it. But you need to do it together, and you need to read it out loud. That I do know. Don't just sit there, both of you, not saying anything to either one of you. Re- just looking at the pages and get through and say, you through? You don't know. You're through? Yeah, I got through. Yeah. What'd you get? I don't know. No, you got to talk. Here's even one. So you can't read. I have a Bible on the phone app. Download the phone app and play the chapter and listen to it. There's no really any excuses here. You don't have any to get out of this. It's are you going to honor God and are you going to set aside time to do it? And I'm telling you, folks, I'm believing with Pastor Kirk what he just said. Fire is going to fall on each and every one of you. Your lives are going to be revolutionized and changed. You're going to start to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking so clearly to you about your life and the things going on. You are going to find victory after victory after victory. And then from there, I don't know where we're going to go. Because I'm the kind of guy that just, I see what he said, we're going to run it, and then see what happens. But I just know it's going to be good. Amen? So, this is what I want to do. Sweetie, come up here and play something. Like always, I can't hold you to this. You know, I can't. I'm going to ask you. And if you look down at the dirt, when I ask you, I'm going to know you didn't read. Say, what'd you get in the plan this week? Well, yeah, it was pretty good. I read that. I know you didn't. So I'm going to ride you a little. But the main thing is, is I want to see you blessed. Church, I want to see you blessed. I believe you are some of the greatest people on the face of the earth, and I want to see you blessed. Like all of my children, I want to see them blessed. I want to see you blessed. I want to see there be such life in your, your, ha- your families and in your households. I want, to see, I want to see your children blessed, your grandchildren blessed. I want to see sickness departing from your home. I want it to be said that the people of, that, that go to Living Waters Church and are dedicated in their hearts, there's no sickness in their home. That's what they said about Israel, the Egyptians said about them. So it's possible. I want to see Psalms 112.1 come to pass in your life because it says blessed. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord. And that word blessed means happy. I want to see you be the happiest people on the face of the earth. I want to see true happiness. Listen, money is not going to make you happy. A relationship with Jesus is going to make you happy. Money ain't bad. I ain't turning it down. But it's not going to make you happy. Because I know people that have money that are not happy. I want to see you be happy. I want to see you, I want to see you come up here and give a testimony that you're tired of smiling because your jaws hurt. That's what I want to see. I know that I can't do it. 
I can't, I can't physically make it happen, but I know the Holy Spirit can. I know I don't have an answer to every one of your issues and problems in life, but I know the Holy Spirit does. I know that it's, it can't be me that preaches some message to you that gets you so convicted, you know, that, that you change. It's got to be the Holy Ghost. I don't even want to do that. I just want to be the preacher. I just want to deliver the message and then let the Holy Ghost do the rest. But I want to ask you to stand if you would, put your Bibles up. And I want you to just take a moment for what you've heard this morning. And what's the Lord saying to you? What are you hearing resounding in your heart? Now, if you want in on this prayer as I pray it, grab hold of it. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we just come to you in humble hearts. And Lord, we pray for the conviction of your Holy Spirit to rest upon us as a church. Lord, we commit right now to you to honor the Word of God. To give it the reverence and respect that it's, that it's due because it is your living Word. as we honor your word, Lord, we just declare that we swing open the gates of our heart. We swing open the gates of our heart. And as you said, Lord, behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if any man hears me, and opens that door, I will come in. We declare, Lord God, that as we open the gates of our heart, we're saying, Jesus, come in. Bring the light and expose the things of our life, the things that we need to change. We repent, Lord God, for walking in things that aren't pleasing to you. But we want you, Jesus, in the middle of our lives in the middle of this church, in the middle of our homes, in the middle of our families. We want the light of your life to shine into our lives 
so that, Lord, we can walk as true sons of God. Lord, today we commit to you our lives. We commit our lives to you. And we thank you, Jesus, for all you've done for us. church, I want to ask you to mull this over. Chew it like a cow chewing its cud. Chew on it this week. Just let the Holy Spirit start to get this cultivated in your life and in your heart. Get excited because God wants to do big things for you. Amen? Look at the person beside you and say, it's going to be amazing. Can I have some prayer team people come down? Now, church, as we go, I want to bless you. But as we go today, we've got prayer team people up here. If you need prayer about anything, we're here for you. We want to pray for you. We want to bless you. If you got something going on in your life or somebody else you want to pray for, that's why we're here for prayer. But listen to me. I want you to get excited about 2019. I don't care what the news says. I don't care what anything looks like. I'm telling you, I know God has got some good things in store for you in 2019. Amen. And so be blessed. Let's, let's, let's make a determination this year to be happy. Happy, 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 happy. How about that? That's pretty simple. Take that person's hand beside you. If you're out there listening or watching this broadcast, I'm glad you tuned in today, but I just want you to understand Jesus loves you. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, right there, just wherever you are, just stop and say, Jesus, come into my life. I want to be with you. I want, I want to ask you to forgive me of my sins. Wash me in your blood. Make me a new creature. And he'll do it right there wherever you're at. If you're in here and you need to come up here and pray with a prayer person, we're here for you. But Lord, bless these people. Bless them today. Lord, I declare they're going to be the happiest people on the face of the earth. That God, today is a new day. That we're going to enter into 2019 and 2019 is going to be the greatest year of their lives. Lord, I praise you for it. I thank you for it. Now seal this message in their hearts. Lord, as we chew on it this week, let it come alive within us. And bring us back next week with expectation to get started in your plan. We thank you for it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. God bless you, church. Hello, this is Robert Richards, and you're listening to The Waterhole, our weekly broadcast, which is now available on iTunes and all major podcast platforms.
You can also watch the weekly video broadcast on our YouTube channel. Links in the description. I pray this has been a blessing to you. And if you've enjoyed this message, please share this with a friend. God bless you and remember, no matter where you are and what you've done, Jesus loves you.